Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi everyone, today I'm going to talk to Mark Morton. Mark is um, an orthopaedic surgeon at Chester Gates, he's clinical lead there as well, and he's QI lead, uh, quality improvement lead at CVS Referrals. And I'm going to talk to Mark about a very exciting project we've got happening at our CVS Knowledge, which is the Canine Cruciate Registry. Hi, Mark. Hi, Pam. Thanks for the introduction and uh, yeah, welcome me to the, uh, the QI podcast. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Good, thank you. So what is this Canine Cruciate Registry then? So the Canine Cruciate Registry is something we've been working on for the last few years. Um, really grateful to have um, our CVS Knowledge's backing. Um, it sort of fits in with their role of, of trying to improve the, the quality of care we, we give to, to our patients. Um, the Cruciate Registry aims to sort of collect data around cruciate surgery um, in dogs um, across the whole of the UK. We want to know about outcomes. We want to know about complications. We we want to know about all different techniques and uh, and and see how dogs do really. Yeah, um, and having been uh, qualified quite a long time now, I've I realised that over the forty years that plus I've been qualified, there've been so many different um, techniques for cru cruciate repair during that time. So, um, is that one of the reasons that you think we need a cruciate registry to compare some of those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, cruciate ruptures are uh, the most or one of the most common causes of lameness in dogs and cruciate surgery, I would guess, is is the most commonly performed orthopaedic procedure. And that's whether you're a, a vet in general practice or you're a, uh, uh, an orthopaedic specialist seeing referrals. It, it, it's quite commonplace. And as you say, there's lots of different techniques. Um, as vets, it's it's our job to advise owners on on treatment options um, as as well as what can go wrong with those treatment options um, and 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 how often complications may occur. And yes, there's lots of studies out there about all these different techniques, but they're often based on a really small number of patients, often performed surgeries performed by one surgeon or in one particular hospital. We don't have any really good studies that compare techniques um, and we don't have that many studies that look at how these dogs do over the long term. So follow up in some of the, you know, the published papers about techniques might be a year or a couple of years, but we're sort of interested in how these dogs really do long term following cruciate problems. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good point, because particularly in referral practice, I guess you don't really get the, the longer term follow up. That you might get in, in general practice. Absolutely and you know one of, one of the criticisms of lots of studies when they're performed in universities or referral clinics is that you sort of may miss out on on complications further down the line you know you, you see the, the patient for a short period of time you know around the time of surgery you probably see most of them back for a check at six or eight weeks but then it, it's quite easy to to lose touch with how those dogs do because they go back to their own vets for for, for long-term care um, and you can not only miss you know a, a short-term complication like a wound infection if the general practitioner deals with it but you, you also miss out on you know do all these dogs get arthritis long term do they struggle after two or three years and 
And the, the cruciate registry is a, is a really good way that we can keep track of these patients um, long term. Registries are a sort of uh, commonplace in, in human um, medicine and surgery. You know, if you had a, a hip replacement or a, a knee replacement, it, it's now mandatory for those to be put on the, the, the National Joint Registry. They have a similar thing, the, the National Ligament Registry for, for cruciate surgery in people. So um, we're a little bit behind the curve there, um, but we hope we can we can catch up. Yes, I mean, luckily I'm still in possession of all my own joints, but I, I've um, seen that 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 you can you can look at surgeons' performance and you can look at um, and there are and there are things like the registries that that collect all this information. You were talking about papers um, from referral practice and from specialists. Is this just for um, referral surgeons? No, um, th this the cruciate registry will be open to to all vets performing cruciate surgery across the UK. Um, we we recognise that um, that cruciate surgery is performed across the board from from general practice to to orthopaedic specialists. Um, any technique that's being performed can be included, so you can log details of any surgical procedure that you're doing. Our aim is to get as much data as possible from as many dogs in the country as we can. Um, we, we want to know how outcomes differ between techniques. We want to know if one technique is better than the other, if one technique has fewer complications than another. So, um, yeah, open to all. That's that's really interesting. So how does it actually work then? So uh, as a vet, when you'd um, seen a dog with a cruciate rupture, um, talked to the owner about the options for treatment and, and between you decided on surgery, um, you would register the owner on the online portal. Um, all you need to do um, is add the owner's email address in and you just need sort of verbal consent for that. The owner would then be sent uh, an email link where they would register with the portal. Um, they get a sort of uh, information sheet sent to them uh, and there's a, a consent um, procedure that's uh, electronic as part of that. Um, and then the owner asks, answers some questions about the dog's lameness. So there's a few sort of standard questions about um, how long the dog's been lame for, etc. Has it been on any medication? Has it got any other problems and things? Um, but then um, they would um, complete some validated outcome measures um, that are then repeated at intervals going forwards. Uh, so outcome measures are, are, are quite commonly reported in people. Uh, or quite commonly used in people and they're called patient reported outcome measures or PROMs so obviously we can't get our patients to fill them out themselves um, so we refer to them as, as client reported outcome measures. Um, we're using two with the registry so we're using the, the Liverpool uh, osteoarthritis uh, in dogs questionnaire as well as the, the canine orthopaedic index and they're both validated questionnaires um, uh, against force plate data so um, you know they, they, we know they correspond to lameness. So the owners complete those questionnaires and, and each questionnaire has a score. At the time of surgery the vet then completes a surgical report so um, details the, the procedure that they performed and there's various options um, for, for every procedure that we've uh, developed with a group of, of orthopaedic surgeons. Um, and then that triggers further questions to the owner. So the owner will then be sent the same questions that they answered before surgery. 
um, at six weeks, at 12 weeks, at six months, at a year, and then every year following that. Yeah, that, that's that's great that you're having such a long-term follow-up with, and that should give you some really interesting information, shouldn't it? Do you think it's going to be um, easy to get owners to, to do this, to get owners involved? I think that's the biggest challenge we face is, uh, is engagement of, of vets um, and owners as well. Um, I think when we um, explain to owners um, about the, the registry uh, and about the benefits, um, so far when we've been testing it, everybody's been very keen to be involved. One of the things that, that seems to help is, is owners knowing that, that you will be looking at their results and things and that you, um, you will be following their case. And, and if you don't think a dog's doing quite as well as it should be, um, it's a way to track their progress and get in touch with the owners and, and advise them that they might need a checkup um, as required. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, as you say, it'd be a challenge. But from the vet's point of view, from the re referring vets, maybe, or the, or the vet's point of view, would they be able to use any of this data for their own um, clinical audits, their own outcome audits? Absolutely. So um, a, a big part of the registry is uh, is the the individual audit. So um, it's important to say that that all data is anonymous. I don't think we're quite ready in the vet profession yet to have our our outcomes and complications rates posted on the internet. Um, but you're able to see your own results um, when they go into the registry as a whole. They're all anonymized, um, but you'll be able to compare yourself to to um, other surgeons. Um, to compare your complication rate to the average complication rate for a procedure across the whole of the registry. Um, so yeah, um, cl clinical audit will, will be a big part of it really. Vets can also use it as part of credentials, whether that's for you know advanced practitioner status or specialist status or membership of colleges and things. You know, you can document how many procedures you're doing on an annual basis and you can report that really easily. So um, I think one of the reasons why we're maybe not as good as we could be with regard to clinical audit is that um, lots of our practice management systems are difficult to use and it's difficult to pull the data out. Um, so this gives an easy way you can see what your complication rate is, you can see how many problems you've had and you can see how well your patients do. Yeah, I mean, tell me about it with practice management systems and uh, and data mining for clinical audit. It's a nightmare, isn't it? And there's so many systems and none of them are easy to use from that point of view. So I think that'd be really useful and really useful um, not just to, to the um, specialists and, and getting their, their revalidation or whatever, but also to vets in practice who are doing this because it's great to have the clinical audit information anyway, but and also useful for practice standards and all sorts of other things. Absolutely, and you know that there's 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 no reason why you can't use the, the the data you get from this for for promotion as well. You know, from saying, look, we're we're involved with the canine cruciate registry. We're very pleased to be involved. We're looking at what we do. We take our outcomes uh, seriously, um, and I think the more we can um, encourage people to be involved, you know, the more mainstream clinical audit will become. Yeah, that, that'll be great. And, and it's benchmarking too, isn't it, really, to having the data to um, benchmark your own results against. So, yeah, that's really useful. Um, is there anything that you can do to encourage owners to do this? One thing we've tried to do um, is to, to make the registry website a really useful source of information and sort of unbiased information. So 
Um, there's details on the on the website that, that vets can direct owners towards that have as uh, information about all the commonly performed um, surgical techniques for, for cruciate ruptures. Um, so we, we've got members of our steering group and advisory group to write those. They're all sort of evidence based. Um, there's some information about um, cruciate ruptures in general and about meniscal tears. There's also some information on there about outcome measures and, and how we, we we monitor how these dogs are doing. So. You know the, the the website's a good resource as well as the the portal for for people to add information if i was still in practice as a referring vet i would find it really really useful it, so, it sounds great yes and, and my dog um had a cruciate rupture too a couple of years ago yeah so i remember, I remember you telling me about that and it, it's interesting isn't it because you probably experienced this on on both sides pam you know you know as as a vet performing i don't know if you did cruciate surgery in your practice or but <laughs> You know, you'll have certainly seen dogs with cruciate ruptures, um, you know, guiding owners to 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 what technique and, and then also being on the other side of as of the fence as a as an owner, how do you decide what to do for your own dog? Exactly. No, I mean in practice I I was I never really did any orthopedics. We had the great Chris May in my practice, so um he, he did the orthopedics and uh, yeah, but um yeah, absolutely. I mean, when my when my dog when it happened to my dog, he's a Labrador, and he was um, it's a couple of years ago. He's ten now. Um, my first, I have to tell you, Mark, that my very first thought was, oh God, I hope his insurance covers it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But my, but my second thought was, oh, what what does he, you know, what's the best technique? What what should he have? Um, so I really went on the advice of colleagues and and. And I was very pleased that the, the orthopaedic surgeon I went to was able to tell me about um, how many procedures they'd done for the technique they decided for him. So, but yes, I think it's a minefield for, for owners and pretty tricky for referring vets, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I'd agree with that. And, you know, the, the more information we have to base the guidance we give to uh, to owners and you know to in my case you know guidance to to vets who might be referring cases as well um, the better really um, we certainly audit our outcomes and, and complication rates here we, we do TPLO and, and and we annually look at you know how many infections we've had how many late meniscal tears we've had for, for example um, but it's hard work it takes somebody the best part of a day to go through all the records and manually pull it all out so this will, will make a big difference to us from that point of view yeah i think that's a really good selling point that um, you know it'd be very easy for people to see their, their own information and compare it because as you say trying to uh, retrieve that information yourself is is really difficult isn't it do you think it might be quite difficult to keep owners engaged longer term even if they they um they join and and, and do everything straight post-operatively what about a couple of years down the line that might be more difficult do you think yeah uh, absolutely i mean i think um like all these things we all um we all sort of flick past emails and, and and don't reply even if we intended to, let alone we decide we we, we don't want to. Um, but I think the, the selling point to owners of, of look, we will be keeping an eye on these results. You know, we won't be phoning you every week for the next five years to ask how your dog's doing. But when a survey comes in, we'll see the results. Um, I, I think that's an important, uh, an important factor. Um, and again, you know, talking to owners, you know, that 
about the yes there's there's some benefit to their own dog because um we will be tracking how they're doing after surgery um but also the information we gather in the short and long term will help every other dog that has a cruciate rupture in the in the future um so i, I think from that side of things as well um we, we'd hope to, to to keep owners engaged um, they are free to withdraw at any point. You know, they can withdraw their consent just just via the website. So, um, if they if they don't want to continue participating, we won't continue to to hound them. Uh, and and of course, sadly, there'll be some dogs that that um, that pass away um, for for whatever reason. Um, and and again, owners and vets can can let us know, and we'll obviously stop contacting the, the owners for for further uh, updates. Yes, I was just going to ask you that. You know, would you hope that the um, that the referring vets um, would let you know, or the vets who've done the surgery would let you know if they do know um, if dogs are no longer with us? Because owners can get quite annoyed about um, being sent things when when their dogs um, after their dogs died. I think. Yeah, no, it, it, we we sort of recognise that that might be a problem quite early on, and 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 both the the sort of operating vet. Um, and the owner can can um, turn off the the uh, questions at any point, um, and every email an owner receives to ask them for for further follow up has a, a thing a link on the bottom that they can click on that allows them to to say no thanks I don't want any more for whatever yeah. reason. No, I mean it sounds it sounds great, it sounds really exciting, and I think it's something that we've needed for a long, long time in the veterinary world. Do you think there'll be other registries as a result of this? Well, I, I certainly hope so. Um, the the cruciate registry follows on the back of the the uh, total hip registry that was um, formed at, at Liverpool University, sort of ten or so years ago now, by uh, Professor John Innes and and uh, Ethna Comerford now runs that. Um, and and they sort of uh, you know pushed the boundaries with that when it first came out. Um, one of the problems that with the, with the total hip registry is is simply case numbers in that it's not a procedure that uh, everybody does or everybody can do. So your your numbers are relatively small to start with. Um, we'd hope to have lots of engagement with the cruciate registry because literally any vet who's doing cruciate surgery can can be involved. Uh, and there's, we know there's lots of those about, but hopefully now we've sort of done the, the groundwork with with a registry for large numbers of cases. Um, it'll be very easy for other things to follow on. Um, the only tricky thing with some of them might be how we we assess outcomes. You know, orthopedics sort of really lends itself to um, to to outcome measures, um, and 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 there there is validated outcome measures for orthopedics. Um, so some other types of surgical procedure or medical procedure, you know, how well things do afterwards is, is more tricky to determine. But you might look at things like quality of life scores or, you know, some of the um, things like the canine brief pain index, you know, maybe more appropriate for, for other conditions. So um, I think I might say that I've had enough of developing the cruciate registry, but I'd certainly encourage somebody else to develop a registry for other procedures. Yeah, that, well, interestingly, the, another area that knowledge are involved in, we have the National Audit of Small Animal Neutering Complications, but that's going to be developed into a National 
audit of post-operative outcomes for all sorts of different surgical procedures and not just in cats and dogs, uh, in different species and different procedures. So I think there's um, a big future there for, for benchmarking exercises. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jenny's doing some great work on that project and, and that's certainly a, a big, big project to get your teeth in mm -hmm. for multiple procedures across multiple species. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's exactly the same idea that the more data you can get for all of these things, the better placed we will all be as vets to advise owners on on what they should do when their their, their pet or their, their animal has a problem. And that's important, isn't it? Having the results from, from audits or from registries to actually ha you know, have these discussions with owners where we actually have some figures around um, what we can do and what the results are likely to be and what the risks are. It's, it's a really important part of, of informed consent, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I, I think um, every vet, I'm sure, has a an open and honest conversation um, about, yes, we hope this goes well, but occasionally it doesn't. These are the problems that may occur and this is how likely they are to occur. But a lot of that is based on somebody else doing the surgery in a far flung university in 10 cases or whatever. It's so much more relevant if you can use real world data and say, look, we've done 50 of these procedures here. 49 of them did great. One sadly had a problem, but actually it was minor and it resolved very quickly. So being able to tell them your use evidence that that you've developed yourself as well as you know sort of evidence from the literature don't get me wrong there's a place for both um but i, I think it has re real world data has has real um real benefits and oh, that really that definitely reassured me when when i was an owner taking my dog for that procedure now i think this is i think it's amazing very exciting and it would be great mark if you don't mind if i talk to you again um after, once you've got going a few months into it to see how it's all going yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to, to chat to you about where we're up to with it and things. Um, we hope to uh, uh, go live at the end of July. We're currently testing it with a, a small number of vets at the moment, and but but with real uh, owners. Um, there'll be a, a launch event on the uh, 28th of July, which will be open to all, where we'll share a bit more about how the cruciate registry works and and. Uh, uh, and, and demonstrate the portal and things, uh, as well as combining that with a bit of uh, CPD from from some uh, speakers from around the world about uh, cruciate surgery in, in general. Um, so everybody's sort of um, welcome to join that and uh, watch this space for more information. Um, a final plug, you can go to uh, www.caninecruciateregistry.org and find out more information about it. Uh, and you can also access uh, it through the the RCVS knowledge website in the in the vet audit section. Fantastic! I presume that's a virtual event on the July the twenty eighth. Unfortunately, so you it's know, I, circumstances. <laughs> had, um, grand plans of a a big champagne launch, but unfortunately, we were were restricted to zoom but you can you can bring your own champagne yeah bring your own champagne launch well push in your diaries everybody because that sounds really exciting and thank you so much for your time mark and, and we'll speak again about this in a few months time when it's all got going yeah thanks for the opportunity to chat to uh, chat about it pam and yeah i'd look forward to coming back and uh, telling you where we're up to the canine cruciate registry is now live sign up today and start logging cases at caninecruciateregistry.org
For further courses, examples and templates for quality improvement, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org. Thank you.